Hey, look at that. I actually... Oh my god, it's happening again. How do I stop that? <laughs> ah, the formality of live. Hey everyone, Jeremy Vaney here. Just doing an impromptu live uh, fake podcast. Somewhere between our undoing radio and Paratopia lies this live feed. Um, so just giving you some updates on stuff. I guess the first thing is uh, all ready, set, go for the Living Mystery Symposium June 4th through the 6th. Um, the speakers are Lahua Lopez and Teokas and Ghost Horse Friday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, what's that? 7, 6, 5 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, Saturday it will go uh, who? Right. Dennis McKenna will kick things off and followed by Jeff Kripal and then Whitley Streber. And then I have a little Easter egg thing that I do uh, during one of the 10 minute breaks. And that starts at some point. <laughs> you can go to jlonproductions.com to find out when things start. I'm not that professional here. Uh, in fact, it's a very loosey goosey, um, informal type of, uh, half formal, let's say half formal type of conference on consciousness. Um, which is not finished because then that Sunday there is a live uh, roundtable chat uh, that um, starts at 4 p.m., right? Yeah, Eastern time and 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Um, and that will feature all of the speakers and I will be hosting that. I will be fielding your questions in the uh, wherever you're watching it from the, the chat. I'll be posting it all around the webs, um, the YouTube version, but there's also a Facebook Live version and a Twitch version. Um, so seek it out. <laughs> you can always go to OurUndoing.com um, all weekend long. It will be streaming there. Uh, so that's that. And um, I, I guess that has sort of gotten in the way of me uh, getting paratopia up and running again but boy do we need that now more than ever um for those of you who don't know i used to until recently host a uh, podcast on unknowncountry.com called the experience which uh is about uh experiencers of high strangeness people who have you know usually things that are categorized as alien abduction but sometimes other things, ghostly things and shamanic type things and time slip type things. Uh, people who experience these things, just normal, everyday people who happen to be crazy. No, no, I kid. Um, but essentially, not a lot of researchers and that. Um, but I uh, ran out of caring. <laughs> so I quit. Uh, and uh, then I made a big stink about how I'm leaving ufology forever. And then what happens... It's funny because as as always happens when one who is deeply involved in this stuff makes such a proclamation, the phenomenon or the trickster phenomenon, let's say that, the trickster element of it seems to do things to rope you back in. But funny enough, all the things it's doing to rope me back in are pretty awful things that make me not want to be roped back in except to like have bursts of anger <laughs> just now and then out on social media. 
so that's not that's not something right that's not good um but i guess the ultimate answer is um because my uh bestie and broadcast partner of the most consequential podcast i've ever done paratopia uh passed away um i'm sorry i'm getting distracted i just saw a very large wild pig run across the yard it's daytime what are you doing anyway um go go wilbur go um since he passed away uh and people in, in family and and also listeners you know really want him his uh, voice to stay alive even though he had sort of quit himself ufology and high strangeness research and all of that there was always the sense that he would come back but i mean either way they've really asked that this live on and so i'm going to you know i'm in the midst of remastering the paratopia episodes because they were always huge files and um the audio was kind of low at least on my end jeff was a broadcast partner jeff was always loud and i was always low for whatever reason so i'm trying to remaster that and um and i'm taking a break to do the living mystery symposium stuff but i was sort of doing it for that reason of just like okay jeff has passed away now right we want him to live on paratopia pe people have always sort of wanted it out there even though we were selling the um the archive um you know i just i don't know i felt like i was putting it out for kind of those reasons for other people now that i see like ufology is like it looks like disclosure is happening and people are at least in ufo world are giddy with excitement about that and trying to smooth over uh pave over what we've done to expose not just hypnosis but particularly david jacobs within the world of alien abduction research as uh terrible elements <laughs> people are you know trying to creep back in and um smooth that over uh, now more than ever do we need paratopia to come back and remind everyone what real insightful conversations look like about these phenomena that are unfortunately still relevant all these many years later um because there are still people of course doing ufo podcasts and paranormal podcasts uh but they tend to suck right <laughs> i mean let's just call it what it is they tend to not do any research they tend to just glad hand their guests and they're just happy to be out there with a voice. And Jeff and I were never just happy to be out there with a voice. If there wasn't a point, if we weren't uh, moving the needle in some way, even if there's now pushback on that or has been all along, I suppose, um, then we weren't contributing anything to the field that was worthwhile. So, um, you know, and you can say I'm being arrogant about it or what, I don't care. It's like, I really don't care about any of this stuff anymore. Um, honestly, I think the more I look at the UFO field and the new people coming in who are interested and, you know, part of it is, you know, you're new and you don't really, you know, you trust everyone. You want everyone to all be in on the same page, one big happy family, but it's never true. Um, it's mostly con artists, these researchers and, or just, you know, people who don't know anything, but call themselves researchers. Um, or people who have picked a perspective and call that, 
you know, the truth, the fact, whatever. And anyone else is a debunker. Anyone else is just a skeptic. And it's like, no, um, I'm going to try to keep this clean. Paratopia is not clean. This is the problem, right? Like our undoing radio is clean. Paratopia was, was not clean. <laughs> um, but, but I'll try to keep this clean. This in between betwixt and between trickster episode. Um, so, uh, where was I? Ah, yes. So UFO people now tend to, it's like, they want the UFO thing to be answered. They want the mystery to be, or the up in the air, like, you know, just in terms of the voices that are out there grabbing the spotlight. Like if we can keep everyone in question, then we don't have to call anyone a con artist. We don't have to call anyone, um, just, you know, a moron or useless to the research or whatever, however gently you wish to put something. We don't have to deal with that because we can just say, well, we don't know. It's unknown. Uh, the known thing is that these aliens are here or these interdimensional people are here or what, that's the known thing. The unknown thing is, eh, I think that guy's pretty good. Or don't you think maybe hypnosis could work in these circumstances? If I hear that one more freaking time, um, someone actually posted that they were interviewing um, another completely useless hack in ufology on our Paratopia Facebook page. And um, I was uh, none too pleased because we have history with this hack and with the subjects he wanted to talk about. And the podcaster said, well, ask me what to ask him. Give me the questions and I'll, 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 I won't softball it. I'll give him the hard and fast questions. So I did publicly. And then privately he PM'd me. Uh, very brave to privately PM me and say, actually, I'm not going to ask those questions after all because I don't want this to be an ambush interview. Well, it's not an ambush interview to just ask real questions, right? Like, you don't have to put it in the harsh tones that I put it. Put it in your own words. You're the interviewer. But to do that and then to be like, and then as he did follow up with, but if you have any questions for him, I will definitely um, ask them for you. And I was like, well, I already gave you my questions and you've rejected them privately. Uh, but also he's saying he respects my work. He respects, you know, what I do, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, by the way, don't you think hypnosis could work in some situations? And I've heard both of those things 8 million times. This is what's so damn frustrating. Oop, there, there's, okay, darn, darn frustrating is people constantly claim to have to have followed me or followed me and Jeff and what we've done and rah, 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 they love it. And then the, the question is inevitably something that if you had even had a cursory glance at what we were doing, you would never have asked that. And it's just, and it's doubly frustrating to wake up to this this morning because last night I had also put an article, a fresh new study on uh, how hypnosis, uh, you know, changes your brain, how it seems to work within the brain and give you false memories. And this is scientific research. So it's not my opinion, right? Because this is what people want. They want it to be an opinion. What? Well, in your opinion, it's like, I don't have an opinion. These are what the studies say. And your guest is not paying attention to them because he's willfully ignorant. 
and you're not paying attention to it. I just posted it to you and you're still asking me questions because you haven't read the article or read any of the articles or read any of the studies or done any of the homework that just like a simple cursory glance at this stuff would make you realize, oh, hypnosis is not for memory retrieval. We shouldn't be using it in alien abduction research, quote unquote, alien abduction, quote unquote, research. <laughs> but no, you know, as long as we don't read those things, it can be a question in our heads, right? As long as we're ignorant, we can just keep asking the questions. Well, some questions have answers. Uh, and unfortunately, that is the answer. Now, the question still open is the matter of depth, uh, the matter of uh, to what extent it harms a person to have them believe in false memories that they retrieve out of their own mind, you know, with the help of a just a, a kindly author making money off of you, um, <laughs> an, an author slash hypnotist. Uh, but we don't care. I mean, honestly, this is the problem is like, we, we want that to be the mystery. That way we can remain willfully ignorant. We can keep our conclusions and keep hammering at those false conclusions. I would argue that these are aliens. Um, and then keep asking the government for disclosure. Now what's really furthers that notion to me. Uh, is the fact that now that it seems as though the military is disclosing things, right? They're putting their stamp on this new footage that's coming out. And I don't see really anyone in UFO world. I mean, I'm sure there are, I shouldn't say that. There are a few. I see a few voices out there. The usual subjects, suspects. But nobody knew, you know what I mean? Who's uh, actually questioning, hey, why is it that these guys are finally uh, telling us this? Why are they revealing this footage? Why isn't this footage classified if it really is something unknown? Um, now, the usual suspects, like, for instance, Jack Brewer of the UFO Trail, um, he asks that constantly. But when do these other people who he's preaching to ask that? You know, like the people outside of the choir, when do they get it? Um, they can't because they don't want to. Like, they will, I guess what I'm saying is this. Prior to these last couple of years, the MO has been, oh, the government is disclosing UFOs through the media, right? Through like cartoons and pop culture and iconography that is being popularized um, of the gray alien and the ship and all of that. These are all, you know, sort of conspiratorial tactics to slowly gradually acclimatize us to the big reveal and therefore the government is not to be trusted because when they keep um getting up to the line of the big reveal and then pulling back that's all part of the psyop and so they're not to really be trusted but now that it seems as though they're they're just straight up saying hey this footage is real hey let's trust them everybody but you notice, like, Louis Elizondo, uh, Elizondo, whatever his name is, he says things in a way, and I don't know if he does this on purpose, probably, I'm guessing he does, but I don't really know if it's just, like, edited on 60 Minutes and the such to look this way, or if he's just uh, thinking off the top of his head. But he says things in such a way that if you really listen to him, he's not saying what you initially thought he was saying. 
Um, so he'll say things that sound as though they're confirming that he was the head of a UFO group and UFOs, you know, mean what they want them to mean and all of that. And a big reveal is coming and yada, yada. But if you really listen to the actual verbiage, it's far more generalized than that. And it's not actually that. Um, and I couple that with Jeremy Corbell, who, you know, I somehow is what he now he's doing the slow release of footage, right? He just released uh, footage that was uh, what of a thing dropping into the water and whatever. Uh, and then I think he said in the interview I saw that there were 14 UFOs buzzing this Navy ship and he made it sound as though to my ear anyway, there's footage of this and that it would be forthcoming that we're going to be seeing more and more of this stuff. So he makes it sound as though he's got more to release. Why isn't he releasing it? Why the slow release? Why are you doing what we've been accusing the government of doing for the last like 40 plus years? Um, <laughs> and why isn't anyone asking him that? Um, what is the coordination between him releasing footage and then the Navy immediately going, yep, that's ours. Yep, that's our footage. We don't know what that is. Um, and then why is it all outside of 60 Minutes? It's been like Tucker Carlson. Uh, Marco Rubio was interviewed in 60 Minutes. And so it's this right-wing push uh, to really talk about this. Don't you think maybe this ends um, with the big report next month uh, being an ask for funding of either Space Force or more likely military funding, Star Wars funding. Remember Star Wars? Um, Star Wars, I don't know if they ever got that funded. I know they didn't through the 80s, but then I thought, I thought maybe Clinton ended up getting that funded. I could be wrong about that. I probably am wrong about that. But if I am not wrong about that, Star Wars 2.0, you know, how do we, in these times where people are finally, for once in the history of this country, pushing back on military spending, because it used to be a taboo topic, you know, you got to have military spending. Uh, but now mm, people are starting to see, like, maybe we should be spending money on other things, like crumbling bridges and infrastructure. And I don't know. I guess everyone wants electric vehicles to save the world, which won't happen, but that's what they want to spend money on. So fine. Uh, better than gas. I got it. We're still going down folks. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no rescuing this ship. Uh, but do your, do your best. Right. And so military budget is inevitably going to get cut, uh, at some point, And we can't have that. Not on the, not on the right anyway. So don't you think that maybe this has more to do with that? And then I look at like, um, you know, the one solid researcher that's left within ufology. There are plenty of solid researchers outside of ufology, such as George Hansen and Jeff Kripal, um, and Dennis McKenna, whose contributions are probably greater to ufology, whether they mean it to be or not, than most of the people in ufology. But within ufology, there is Jacques Vallée, who's been a steady hand for decades and um and a real outside the box thinker and all of that well his latest book is co-authored with paula harris and if you know anything about paula harris you know she's a crap show uh 
believes she's a contactee, believes the Billy Meyer case is real. At a conference, she once swore to me that the Billy Meyer case is real and I have the documents, the NASA documents to prove it. And she kept, you know, sort of trying to shush me, my questions, with implying that she'll show me these documents. And I can't remember if she showed them to me and it was just like NASA letterhead about something irrelevant or if it was uh or if she didn't show it to me the reason i can't remember is because shortly after that i did a parody of um of a billy meyer so-called documentary of a propaganda film about billy meyer and uh, impersonated uh, her in it um amongst other people including billy meyer and uh and I did a thing about the NASA documents and that. So I can't really remember. I have my own false memory of like, what did I parody and what did she really tell me? Uh, but she did tell me she had NASA documents that prove Billy Meyer, which is just nonsense, just absolute nonsense. And she's full of nonsense. Her whole career has been nonsense. And now here's Jacques Vallée, who claims to be studying some sort of uh, non-human made super advanced metal that of course we will never have uh, an answer to what it is um but i guess she she bought the medal and gave it to him or to look at and and they ended up co-authoring a book i wouldn't put her name on the book i mean i'm not going to read the book because her name is on the book and because frankly i don't believe in any of that i don't believe in the medal i don't believe jacques valet i think that is all garbage now i could be wrong i you know, maybe you'll read the book and think it's great. But, you know, I posted an abridged version of this. <laughs> Way abridged. It was just like, ugh, Paula Harris, black. And a, uh, a woman on Facebook, who I had been friendly with on Facebook prior to this, chimed in and said, uh, uh, well, what's wrong with Paula Harris? I don't know anything about her. And I'm like, uh, you know, at this point, I can't remember, you know, like I hadn't jogged my memory. I just remember. Ugh. So I'm just like, I don't I don't remember. Just, you know, listen to anything. She listen to a lecture of hers or any interview and you'll you'll probably figure out real quick. And then she wrote back implying that I'm a misogynist because men tend to say that about female researchers. They don't really want to say what's wrong with them. <laughs> And I told this to a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, well, before the misogyny thing, no, before the misogyny thing, uh, I said, I, I had said to a friend of mine, you know, asking about Paula Harrison, you know, I just, like you get sick of typing out the same stuff. I mean, why do I have to do the Google search for you? You know, and my friend was like, well, just give him the UFO watchdog. She's, you know, uh, entry on worst people in ufology because she's got an entry there. I was like, oh, OK, I'll do that. And then he said, oh, is this person by any chance? And he, he gave her name. And I said, yeah, why? He said, because she does this to uh, he said, be careful. Watch out for her because she um, tends to accuse men of uh, hating women. Like, apparently she did this to Jack Brewer because he had uh, raised questions about uh, Diane Pasulka and one other person he had mentioned. I don't remember who. I don't think I know the person. But yeah, so you're not to question women in ufology or else this woman says you're a sexist. The problem is um, I've 
I've been fighting against misogyny in ufology for many years. And in fact, I mean, it is a white boys club still to this day. And I would say that like 90 to 95% of the researchers are garbage. And so um, if there are less females in that pool, then probably a lot more females are going to be garbage. <laughs> right? So, I mean, you would hope that they would come in and be better. <laughs> you would, but instead they just um, join the garbage pile generally. And, you know, either way, whatever, <laughs> whatever that is. Uh I, I posted the, I went in to post the UFO watchdog thing to her. And then I saw her misogyny post back to me and I was like, oh, that's hilarious. I was just warned of this. I didn't say that to her, but I did post the UFO watchdog thing and said, here you go, read this. And she said, wow, that is kind of disconcerting, but I'm going to read the book anyway, blah, blah, blah. Thanks. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And thank you for telling me uh, that I shouldn't be posting on any of your threads anymore because you're the type of person who just accuses someone you don't know of being a misogynist. <laughs> like, and she didn't respond to that. She, someone else had made a response and she responded to them, but she never responded to that. There was no apology. There was no, Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. There's no self-reflection. No. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Or even, Hey, maybe I should just do a Google search. Paula Harris. I guess I could just look that up myself. Huh? But no, I'm the a-hole for not doing your work for you. And in fact, that must mean that I hate women. Um, no, it's not, that's not how that works. Um, boy, I've just been babbling along here. All of my anger. You see, this is the problem. I try to get out of ufology and it keeps roping me back in, but with garbage that makes me want to leave. So really it just, uh, attains my attention in the form of anger and nobody wants that. So I think what I'm ultimately going to do after this Living Mystery Symposium is leave social media for a while. Um, I'm going to do another season of Our Undoing Radio. Just muted myself so I could cough. Uh, and then, um, and, and as I'm doing that, I'm, I'm going to be getting Paratopia ready for the relaunch. And um, it's going to be sad, folks, a little bit, because it's like Jeff's dead and some of the people we're speaking to have passed away, too. So it's like just dead people talking to each other, you know, like it's kind of surreal listening back to this stuff. It's also surreal how um, I had forgotten how, uh, I don't know, on it we were from the very beginning in terms of what we were still on by the ending, like by the end of the show, I thought like, um, uh, well, I'll just give this example. Like, like in terms of my spirituality stuff and Jeff constantly saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't really understand any of that, but you know, I'm willing to entertain it kind of thing. And me saying, no, I think you do understand it. It's clear to me from conversations that you do understand this. You just are like, uh, resistant for, for whatever reason to engage it. And I thought that that started happening later in the show, but it actually happens in episode one. So, so things like that are fun for me to be like, Oh yeah. Isn't it weird? Like just how tricky memory is naturally who needs hypnosis really, uh, to screw up your memory. It's already screwed up. Um, 
Is anyone... I don't know if anyone is in this chat. Uh, let me look. I don't know. I don't think anyone's in this chat. I mean, if you were in this chat, feel free to chime in and say hi or call in or whatever you want to do. Um, or do nothing. Oh, hey, while I have you, uh, if I do, <laughs> I have no... I have no evidence that anyone's listening to this, but if I'm not just talking to a, uh, a volleyball with magic marker on it, um, what is it? May 28th, which is a couple of Fridays from now, I will be on Banal of America talking about my book. I am to tell you this and I am to tell you it is fiction and also talking about the living mystery symposium. And, um, that is it to my time, which is three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I think we're starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Um, if not nine, but but I think it's eight. But anyway, look out for that if you're a Banal of America fan. Um, yeah, should be a riveting conversation. Ah, uh -huh, yes. Um, and he will actually have um, at least skimmed my book maybe even read it uh we'll we'll see what happens there um and uh, as i told him i will tell you you will love half the book i don't know which half but one of these halves you're gonna love the other one you may also love but you may hate so love hate for everyone you're welcome you're welcome earth <laughs> you're welcome world I like stories. Um, all right. Well, it's been a half hour. I was kind of hoping that like some random person would straggle along and, uh, you know, come in here and say hi or something. But uh, uh, last time I held out for that, somebody came in at the very end and was like, hey, and I'm like, oh, well, now I'm leaving. So, but uh, you could stop me from leaving by saying hi right now. But if, if not... That's fine, too. Um, is there anything else worth uh, babbling your ear off about? I don't know. Yeah, probably not. I guess just to uh, leave you with, as always, um, as we look at UFO stuff and uh, high strangeness stuff and consciousness through the Living Mystery Symposium and, and all of this, all this stuff. It's all fairly irrelevant if you're not willing to sit with yourself. Um, I mean, if you sit with yourself first, then, I mean, if you come to some understandings within yourself, imagine how the dynamic of the conversation will change instead of having to go over the same sort of things over and over again. We could all move on together. Um, but this isn't how we treat other topics. So why would we treat, like, humanity? I mean, this is the... The problem is... There's a problem here, folks. <laughs> and the problem is we want to lead with thought. And that thought uh, that we put out there as, as seekers of these mysteries, um, we've already... Uh, resigned ourselves to saying that human nature is this faulty emotional part emotional part logical 
uh, creature who's going to screw up in the world. We've already resigned ourselves to whatever you are right now is kind of okay because human nature. And therefore, everything's all about learning, but you're never really going to move beyond that because human nature. And so, in that bubble of broken robots, <laughs> believing that that's the best they can be, uh, they use their broken robot thought to uh, try to gather what the hell life is about and what's going on around us. And instead of just really sitting and putting the questions to yourself first, um, and deeply doing that, not just like, oh, no, I'm just sitting with myself, you know, not, not like you're praying or asking Santa for gifts, not with that level of uh, disingenuousness, but, uh, <laughs> but the actual deep thing. If you did that, some of these questions might clear themselves up. The questions um, may contain the answers you will find. Uh, just asking the question purely, like the question of what is human nature? Is this human nature? I mean, if you just really sit with that question and, and then step out of the way and shut up after you've asked it, maybe something happens. Uh, maybe a change becomes you. Who knows unless you do it, right? But that's not what we, that's not how we attempt to be in, you know, further ourselves in the world. We, we try to not be, but do, right? We try to move, try to go places, we try to learn, and it's not getting us anywhere. In fact, it's killing us, ultimately, the society we've built. And we see this, um, like, um, gosh, I just keep referencing so social media today, but one more time, there's this Facebook group about consciousness or whatever, and they often what they post are garbage about how we're all holograms. <laughs> you know, like robots are the future and embrace your overlords or whatever. But every now and then somebody will uh, quote like a modern philosopher says this, what do you think? And then the response is the comments will be bouncing other philosophies off that philosophy to try to prove or disprove it as though everything comes down to a logical one plus one equals two. And it doesn't. Uh, there is the translogical, that which transcends and includes logic. And includes is key. That is what keeps it from being woo-woo garbage. But transcends means that the logical people won't be able to recognize the transcend part. They'll think that's the woo-woo garbage, and they're wrong. And that's why people who know anything at all <laughs> through the ages uh, hide it so that they don't get burned at the stake. That that. We've just learned a little something there because everyone hates them. Uh, <laughs> in any event, um, so if you, well, in this group, they're, they're doing that. And it's like, why don't you, instead of searching your personal databanks for a past philosopher or quote from someone else that you can do battle against this new philosopher or embolden this new philosopher with... Why don't you sit with the question that they're posing, that they're presenting to you as an answer? Why don't you sit with the question yourself? And I just wonder, you know, in this uh, world of distraction, where we are taught to constantly, if we are alone, to be doing something, to be on our 
social media, <laughs> to be on our phones, to be on our computers, essentially. You know, we know that this is a problem, but I mean, is the long-term ramification that we can't even um, explore who we are through silence because we're so addicted to externalized noise, creating externalized noise and um, affirming each other, right? Like we always want to talk about it in a group. We always want to only have affirmations, not judgmental, blah, blah, blah. So we always want to create a safe space where we're sharing, um, which is further safe, because if you're just sharing someone else's quote, you're not doing anything yourself. So we're, you know, it's like this, we're like sensitive and lazy and, but not in the way that like conservatives call liberals snowflakes. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. Uh, I mean it like we are sheltering ourselves to protect ourselves from the the so-called judgments because the judgments are the confirmation of what we know and are running from in the first place. And until we roll this back into some semblance of, uh, I don't know, people who actually, I don't know, remember how to care about these topics, um, we're doomed to fail. Uh, we're doomed to just ask the same questions, accept the same answers, go to the same people who make us feel good because they provide the answers that we already think we know and we never branch out. I mean, there was a day when people used to like at least argue things um, from two points of view as opposed to you're stupid, <laughs> right? Like... Now that's just the argument. Um, but I guess I could also argue uh, you probably are stupid. So <laughs> you're welcome. Good night, everybody. This has been Abusing the Audience with Jeremy Vaney. Uh, but I mean, I find myself um, more distracted. And I'll just say this lastly. This is something that I've been talking about on uh, unknowncountry.com message board just because I've really sort of nailed this down. So I will share it with you that the phone, like, um, you know, I, I was late to coming to computers. And then when I, so when I had a computer, I had a regular phone and a computer at a time when people, um, well, they were well into computers and had better than I had, let's put it that way. And then I stuck with that. Well, well into when people started having smartphones and, you know, whatever, iPhones and all that. Um, I still had, I, I then got a cell phone, but it was a flip phone. And it wasn't, I couldn't get text. I just didn't want that. And then uh, we, my wife and I got a deal from our carrier to uh, switch over and then they'll give us free smartphones. So fine, we did it, took the bait. And now... Um, I find myself distracted. I find myself um, unable to enjoy reading a book like I just read to get it over with and have ingested it and move on to the next thing. And I really think it's because the computer is on the phone. Like before, I had to make an appointment with my computer, right? Like you have to actually get up, go sit at your computer. You have to want to do something on there. And then pretty much because my back hurts, I got to get out of there after a while. I can't just sit there forever. Um, but now with the computer as an extension of your own hand, 
there is no appointment with your computer. There is no, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and then I'm going to stare at the person across from me and engage them in a conversation without constantly side-eyeing my phone for alerts. <laughs> there, that's over now, right? Now we're just extensions of the computer, and the computer is an extension of us um, in that way. Now, we don't have to take this into Terminator territory, folks, or Elon Musk territory, um, or whoever it is uh, that's still trying to make a singularity happen. <laughs> Doesn't have to go that way. We can, in fact, um, put down the phones, right? So I'm thinking maybe it's time to do that. Um, again, after the conference, I don't know. I'm just thinking about these things. Um, I have not committed to any of them. Don't hold me to them. Um, but I'm throwing that out there in case you, you too are feeling... Like, yeah, what have I become? Because I remember a day when I wasn't like this. And this doesn't feel good. This is pensive and more aggressive and, I don't know, isolating and all of that. Um, so what, what happened? Because we've always had computers uh, in some form or another in my lifetime, be it video game or something. Um. And I really think it's the fact that it's at your fingertips and you don't have to go sit at it um, for a lot of people. Now, someone in the Unknown Country Board said, not me. That's not my problem. My problem is whatever. Okay, not you. But I think for a lot of us. Um, and now I've babbled and babbled and babbled. And now I'm going to stop. All right. Thank you for uh, listening to whatever this is. Um, ultimately an advertisement, right? For June 4th, 5th, and 6th, the Living Mystery Symposium, completely free. Don't have to sign up for anything. You can go to OurUndoing.com and watch it. You can go to JaylonProductions.com uh, and watch it. Wherever I am on Facebook and Twitter, there will probably be a link on Unknown Country where you can watch it. Um, yeah. Come come check it out. It's, uh, it's already amazing. I know because I've, I've seen much of it. <laughs> so I think you're going to love it. All right. Um, and then I will be back with, uh, you know, more hour and doing radio and then eventually somehow slip Paratopia into the rotation. Uh, yeah. And we're done here. Exit stage left.